0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 101, and we're looking at John chapter 5, verses 30 through 40. So let's review where we're at. Uh, chapter 5 is about the healing of the man who is disabled. It was not at the temple. It was at a pool called Bethesda. Jesus approached the man and healed him. He didn't ask about faith. He didn't talk about faith. He just healed him and told him, get up and pick up your mat. And the man did, but it was the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the day of rest. And there was a myriad of rules about how to properly follow the Sabbath, what you could do and couldn't do. And the fact that this man picked up his mat aroused the ire of the religious people who said, you're violating the Sabbath. He passed the buck to Jesus and said, well, this guy told me to do it, so I did. And he apparently has authority because he healed me. And so they asked who it was. He didn't know. Later, he went to the temple. Jesus approached him there and revealed who he was. Then the man went to the religious leaders and says, it was Jesus who healed me. So now Jesus is their target, and Jesus is violating the Sabbath. But Jesus says, well, I've got to work on the Sabbath because my Father works on the Sabbath. God works on the Sabbath. God keeps the universe operating 24-7. Well, this made them doubly mad because Jesus was referring to God as his personal Father. So now they're seeking to kill him because he's making himself equivalent to God. Then Jesus starts defending who he is talking about that he is the Son of God. Then we're going to shift. Today we're looking at John chapter 5, verses 30 through 40. Let's read the passage. Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies about me, and I know that the testimony he gives about me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. I don't receive human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a greater testimony than John's because of the works that the Father has given me to accomplish. These very works I am doing testify about me that the Father has sent me. The Father who sent me has himself testified about me, and you have not heard his voice at any time, and you haven't seen his form. You don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. You pore over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. But you are not willing to come to me so that you may have life. Well, Jesus makes a shift here. Up to this point, as he's making this defense, he's referring to himself in the third person, referring to himself as the Son of God. And that's what he's uh, making the case for, is that he is the Son of God. Well, there's a shift in how he speaks here. In verse 30, he starts using first person, whereas before he was using the third person, saying the Son of God this, the Son of God that. Now he starts basically saying, me, I myself. And so verse thirty. It's a uh, it's thirty words in the original Greek, and there's eight in the English, nine in the Greek. First person usages here. He says, I can do nothing. I judge. I hear. My judgment. I do not seek. My own will, the one who sent me. So suddenly it's a shift here. And there's a reason for this, uh, where Jesus is not referring to himself in the third person, but now referring to himself in the third person. He's not just talking about the Son of God. He's talking about me, Jesus. Then he continues that. Verse 31, he says, If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. What's he mean? He's referring to the Jewish law here, the Torah, which talks about how testimony is to be given, particularly... In an important case, like a capital crime, where somebody might be executed, and remember, they are seeking to have him killed now. The the point being that if I'm the only one saying anything, well, of course you're not going to believe me. The challenge is, are there other witnesses? And so in a capital case, two or three witnesses were required to determine the truth of a matter. And so Jesus is saying, if I testify by myself, my testimony is not true. Meaning, you can't trust only the testimony of the accused. Are there other witnesses? And then he goes on, yes, there are. And so he provides four witnesses. And so, verse 32, there is another who testifies about me, and I know the testimony he gives about me is true. Well, now he's going to give the four witnesses. You sent messengers to John, John the Baptist, and he testified to the truth. So who's the first witness he calls upon? John the Baptist. And he gave testimony. And he says, you guys sent a delegation to go interrogate him and find out what he was doing. And what was his testimony? John the Baptist said, well, it's not about me. It's about the one following me. It's the one following who has come as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. So then Jesus says in 34, I don't receive human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. So I don't receive human testimony. Salvation is from God. It's a God thing. It doesn't depend on the testimony of people. And so what people say about Jesus, well, It doesn't really matter. What matters is what does God say. But he does appeal to the testimony of John the Baptist. You want testimony? You got testimony. You had testimony. You yourself sent a delegation to investigate John the Baptist. And what did you find out? You found out about me. Well, then in verse 36, he says, But I have a greater testimony than John's because of the works that the Father has given me to accomplish these very works I'm doing testify about me that the Father has sent me. So the first witness that Jesus refers to is John the Baptist. Well, then he says, but you want something better than that? How about the works themselves? They testify about me. The works I do are a witness as to who I am. We saw that even when Nicodemus came to see Jesus at night. He says, no one can do the things you do unless he were sent by God. And that's what he's referring to here. The things that Jesus did, the healings, the miracles, they weren't just because that's what he came to do. He didn't come to perform miracles. He came to be the Savior. And the works he did were not ends in themselves. They were done to show who he is. The, the reason that Jesus came was not to heal people. He did heal people, but he healed people to show who he was, to give the proof that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior. So the second witness that Jesus refers to is the works that he has done, the works of God. Then in verse 37, The Father who sent me has himself testified about me, You've not heard his voice at any time, and you haven't seen his form. You don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. So he said, okay, the first witness is John the Baptist, and you heard his testimony about me. The second witness are the works I do. Nicodemus recognized that only someone sent from God can do the things that I do. And the third is God himself, God the Father. He testifies about me. But then he adds, but you can't hear him, and you can't see him. Well, later, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he talks about the Father, and one of them says, well, show us the Father. Jesus says, well, you see me? You've seen the Father. And you want to hear the Father. Well, you've got to hear me. So you don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent You can't encounter God without Jesus. So, the third witness that Jesus refers to is God the Father. The final witness that he refers to are the Scriptures themselves. He says, You pore over the Scriptures because you think that you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. You're not willing to come to me so that you may have life. So, he says, The scriptures, the Bible, the Word of God points to me. That's where the the beginning of John's Gospel refers to the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Referring to Jesus, Jesus is the Word. And the Word, the Old Testament, is pointing to the coming of Jesus. The challenge here is who is this guy, Jesus? And Jesus has been talking about he is the son of God. Well, now he's talking about you want witnesses. I've got witnesses. John the Baptist, the very works I do, the works of God, God the Father, and the scriptures themselves, all are witnesses to show who I am. A couple things came here, uh, came up. Uh, particularly verse 38, you don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. This speaks to something we refer to as the exclusivity of Christ. And this is plainly taught in the Bible and has generally been affirmed by the church since the time of Christ. Uh, Some deny it, but that is the idea that the only way to be reconciled with God is through Jesus Christ. Now it sounds exclusive to a lot of people, you're excluding people. We're not excluding people, we're excluding other ways. And it's not us, we're not saying it. The Bible says it, God has said it. And the problem is we live in a world of labels where we refer to people based on the label. What church do you go to? Well, I go to a Christian church. Oh, so you're a Christian. Well, do you believe that people who are not Christians can go to heaven? Oh, no. Well, you're being very exclusive. Well, if you're thinking in labels, it it sounds that way. The, The way to deal with that is turn it around and say, what has God said about how you were reconciled with Him? First off, has God revealed Himself? Well, the good news is, yes, He has. God has revealed himself through nature. God has revealed himself through his word, the Bible. God has revealed himself through the testimony of his people. God reveals himself through the work of the Holy Spirit. But the challenge is, has God revealed himself? If so, how? And if God has said how somebody is to be connected to him, how you have a relationship with God, then we're not doing that based on labels, based on My religion is the superior way. It's based on what has God said. And God has clearly said the way you have a relationship with him is through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. And and you see that here, verse 38. You don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. And we've seen that. How do you have eternal life? By believing the word and believing the one who sent the word. And that's uh, not a hard concept, but for someone who is not a follower of Christ, sometimes it sounds like a hard concept. It sounds like you're basically trying to defend that your way is right and everyone else's way is wrong. Well, it's not my way, it's God's way. And so the question is what has God said? And do we believe it? Well, I believe it. I hope you believe it too, because God has clearly said. The way you have eternal life is through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.